Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. Today is going to be a special broadcast because we have a special guest, a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine, Evangelist Kofi Anchampong. I think I said it right. I've known him for like seven years. I hope I know how to say his last name. Uh, he'll correct me later on that. But uh, he is a powerful man of God who is an evangelist who's done many crusades uh, in America and in also in Africa and has seen amazing miracles, deliverances, people getting set free by the power of God. So if you have anybody that you know that is struggling with sickness or that has a disease that is incurable, if you know anybody that is um, demonically oppressed or even possessed, this is the broadcast that you're going to want to share with them because at the end of this broadcast, I'm going to have him pray and there is going to be mass deliverance. Many people are going to encounter the power of God, and be set free. The Bible says the anointing of the Holy Spirit is given to set the captive free. And that captivity has overstayed its welcome. God is not waiting to tomorrow to deliver you from what you're being bound by today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the day to be saved. God is not going to put forth that breakthrough to tomorrow when you have faith to receive it here and now. So if you can take a second and please share this broadcast. Um, let me know also in the comment section where you're watching from. I'd love to see where you're watching from. We've had people come in from every continent of the earth, except, except Antarctica, I believe. So we have people I know that watch us from Australia, from New Zealand, from Africa, from Europe, from Asia, from the United States, from South America. So I want to welcome you. And uh, let's get in it. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce, bring in my guest, Evangelist Kofi. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Welcome Thanks. to the broadcast. Um, I'm so, I've been like waiting to have you on for a long, like I've been wanting to have you on for a long time because, uh, you know, we go way back to Bible college and um, we, we've seen each other when we were, we were just getting started out in training and stuff. And uh, so to see where the Lord has taken us both in the last seven, eight years has been, um, it's been an amazing uh, journey. We've kept in touch ever since then. And uh, I really love you and I appreciate your friendship. Uh, I want to, you know, take, the beginning of this broadcast, which we've entitled Living in Dominion, and uh, I know this is something that resonates strongly in your heart. It's something you're passionate about, and um, if you could just, you know, greet the crowd and then, you know, share some share some thoughts on, um, on uh, not share some thoughts, let us know. I, I want to, first and foremost, I want to, I want to know what you were doing, what you, that crusade in Tamale, Tamale Ghana, and, um, and the power of God that was on display and what you saw there. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you. And um, the, thank you for the great opportunity to come on your platform. I know you said you've been waiting to bring me on, but the truth of the matter is that I was never good enough for you to bring me on. But also, I'm very, very proud of you. You know, um, I've told you, I've told you that many times and looking, seeing how far God has brought you, it's, it's very encouraging to some of us. So, um, yeah, God has been good. God has been good. I, I'm always grateful to what the Lord does and what God continues to do. And every, every step of the way, I'm always amazed by God's goodness. So it, it's, it's very, very interesting. It, you know, talking about 
dominion. I know you asked me about our crusades in in the northern part of Ghana, which actually in next month we will be having another crusade. We were supposed to have two in April, but we had to cancel one because one of the villages that we are going to, they've been receiving threats from the Muslims and the churches there are afraid to like um, help us organize the crusade. And you know, what is the point of having a crusade if the local churches are not going to get involved? So we had to like push it to one. But we've been going into the northern part of Ghana, which people don't know. But Ghana is a Christian nation, you know, predominantly um, Christian. But the northern part of Ghana is um, Muslim, either Islam or people that worship idols. And it's it's not as bad as other parts of Africa or other parts of the world because in Ghana, the Muslims and the Christians kind of like, to some extent, live together, you know, coexist, which I don't like to use those words. But the Christians and the Muslims kind of coexist and they are, they are pretty peaceful. But there is always the, you know, that is just the physical aspect, but the spiritual aspect, you know, there's a lot of people that are practices witch doc, you know, um, witchcraft and there's people that visit witch um, doctors and there's a lot of people that have idols in their houses. So every time we go there, it is it is a spiritual, which I, you know, I, I'm very careful with certain words I use because I think certain words have been misused, you know, like spiritual warfare, spiritual battle, because people don't even understand what spiritual battle is, or people don't even understand what spiritual warfare is. So I'm very, very, when I try to like find a, a better word, that is the reason, because I'm very careful how I use those words. But we we do, you know, encounter real spiritual warfare, spiritual battles there, because that place, majority of the people there have been introduced to one, one way or the other, one form or the other, witchcraft. And even some of the people that are saved, they still have idols in their homes. And one of the last crusades that we had, you know, the power of God was like very evident in that place. And God did some things that um, after we left, people were coming to the church and turning in their idols because they saw what the Lord did. And people just wanted to like get rid of their idols, get um, just you know, give their life wholly to Christ. So we've seen that. We've seen that happen. One of the communities that uh, we we were, you know, the villages that were near, one of the pastors told me, we've been trying to plant a church in this community for so long, but every time we go there, there is like a, a well-known witch doctor in that village that threatens the people and tells them that if they come to church, this she, he's going to do something to them. So I grabbed the hands and we prayed and we prayed our Father, remove this rich doctor from from that village and after we left within a, a week or two he you know out of, out of nowhere he just packed his bag, bags and left and they were able to plant a church so that's what we do so we i enjoy going into communities like that i enjoy going to places where you know i've even in the northern part i've invited some of my pastor friends to go that are in ghana and they they don't want to go because of their what we would say, you know, the challenges there and the difficulties there. But that's what I, I, I like challenges. I like hard things. I like hard places because, you know, the Bible tells us that where sin abounds, that is where the grace of God abounds the most. I believe that light shines brightest in darkness. That's right. So I like where it's the dark because, you know, like I'm sitting in a room full of light. If I turn on a, a light, it's just going to be one of the lights. But when you go to places where there is no light, the little flashlights you have, would be the would give the light to the whole area. So, you know, I just to show, you know, because you could hide you, when you are in a place where there is like many, many anointed men and women of God, you just become one of them or you become the least. But when you go to those communities, you become the most anointed person there. And I like mm -hmm. that. You know?
I like that. So, and I, I like to challenge the devil. I like to put the devil in this place and let him know that we have the victory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like a contestation between the powers of darkness and the powers of uh, the power of God. But like just as in the case of uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel, you see and you have seen firsthand the ridiculous, pathetic power of the devil when he tries to rile his mouth and the supremacy of the believer over all the power of the devil. And that's where I want to start off today is by um, talking about what is dominion. What exactly is dominion? Because a lot of people hear the word dominion and uh, they like the sound of it. It sounds like a nice Christian word. But what exactly is dominion? We as believers, the Bible says, and I wanted to read the scripture because when I was praying before, it came into my spirit strong. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men, and because all men sinned, meaning that when man sinned, death entered the world and death reigned and ruled over man. But if you skip down to verse 17, Romans 5, 17, it says, For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more now those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, shall we now reign in life, in this life, through the one Jesus Christ. So dominion is not something that the believer is going to have when he gets to heaven. Dominion is something we have here in this life. And um, I want you to just expand on that, Kofi, because I know that you have, you have a lot of experience with this. The ridiculous, like the pathetic power of the devil when it, com when it comes in contact with the power of God. What, what has been your experience? Has it ever been like a battle? Or has it been like, you know, it, it, describe your experience with that. You know, you have to first understand that um, at a Christian that knows who they are and knows and have, you know, beliefs in the word of God, you know, it doesn't matter how big or tall you are. The Bible said that Jesus has placed the devil under your feet. So you have the dominion over the devil. When we talk about dominion, dom dominion simply means to take control. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. Or to reign over something or to rule over something. So, you know, so in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, when we talk about dominion, is to take control. And the Bible said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when you read the Bible, let's go down and make man in our image and in our likeness and let him have dominion over the earth, over the fishes in the sea. So God placed man in a place to have control over, you know, let's even in the natural, man has control over animals. That is why man can tame any wild animal. You know, there's people that have tamed lions. There's people that have tamed wolf. There's people that have tamed tigers. There's people that have tamed bears. So that is what we talk about dominion, the ability to take control over something or dominate, or, you know, and that is redundant saying dominate, but the ability, the ability to have control or to be able to rule over something, rule over a particular thing, rule over um, uh, an area, rule over a community, rule over an issue, you know, so that is what dominion is. And when you have this understanding that God has placed you here on this earth, and that was the command that God gave to man. You know, God gave to man that commandment to be able to not just live life, but you are placed on this earth to take control. You are to control the affairs of this world. You have to look, there is one, you know, if you've ever studied churches, you've heard of John Knox. There is a story that we hear that the Queen of Scotland said something that I fear the prayers of John Knox more than the, 
armies of England. At that time, England was a the UK was the superpower. But the lady understood that there was one man that had the ability to control things with his words or with his prayer. And you know, that is one of the things that I'm believing God for, that the message of dominion will come back into the body of Christ, that these teachings will come back into our lives, where we will no longer become victims of, of the um, governmental oppressions, we will not become victims of, of, of demons, we will not become victims of sin, victims of trouble, but we will be able to understand the principles of dominion and what God has taught us in his word, and we will be able to take hold of the word of God and the scriptures and enforce it and see that we reign in this life and even in the life to come. Yeah, and I'm reminded of the prayer Paul prayed for the Ephesian church. You know, he didn't talk about the greatness of the devil. The New Testament, there's actually not much talk about the devil. And, you know, like in a lot of churches right now, uh, a lot of churches that are called deliverance churches or whatnot, a lot of them glorify the power of the devil. A lot of them talk about the greatness of the power of the devil, how he's pretty much got me on the run and we just have to like hide in caverns our whole life lest we should come lest we should come in contact. Like if he's on one side of the road, get on the other side of the road. But Paul writes in Ephesians 1, he, when, you know, these people in, in Ephesus were by no means foreign to idol worship and demonic activity. And the Bible says when he prayed for them, he didn't pray that they would be kept or protected by, uh, away from the devil. He didn't pray that they would be, you know, they would avoid any type of confrontation with darkness and that uh, God would keep them from all. No, he prayed that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened so that they would see what is the hope of our calling as believers? What is the riches of the glorious inheritance that's available to us through Christ Jesus? And what is the greatness of God's power that is given to us in Christ Jesus, which he wrought about when he raised Christ up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places? And so Paul essentially was saying, if you're sick, he wasn't, he wasn't praying that they would get healed. He said, I pray that your eyes would be open to the surpassing greatness of God's healing power that has the power to blast sickness, which is a work of hell and work of Satan, off the scene. He, he didn't pray if you were, you know, if you had bondage or satanic oppression that God would say, no, he said, I pray your eyes would be open that you don't have to stay in bondage any longer. And the New Testament is not written necessarily as a book of promises telling you that if you'll pray for these things, God will give them, give them to you. The New Testament was written almost like a law document, a legal document to show you now that you've been made new in Christ, now that you're a new creature, now that your sins have been blotted out, now that you've been delivered from the power of darkness and into the kingdom of God, these are the things that are available to you and the kingdom of heaven must be taken by force. So inactivity, you know, if you're struggling with something today and you're watching right now, inactivity is a permission slip given to the devil to continue to roam the halls of your home. The moment you decide to take action by the word of God, as you come in contact with these verified truths, that's when things like Kofi, Evangelist Kofi said before, the moment light goes on in a room, you don't have to pray about darkness to leave. You don't have to fast for darkness to leave. As long as the bill's been paid, you switch on that light switch 
The darkness has no choice but to leave. Well, Jesus paid the bill for us. He disarmed principalities. He disarmed powers, made a public show of them openly at the cross, and has taken our sins. The debt that was against us, the 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 legal accusations that were against us, he's nailed it to the cross. He paid the debt we owed that now the electricity runs through us and all we have to do is activate this dominion in our life. Um, I want you to go into in more depth the, the superiority of the believer over the devil to let people know that they're not called to be victims in life but that they've been anointed to be victors everywhere they go. You know, one of the issues, like, you know, you, you touched on briefly is that we are so much aware. And I used to be, I used to be in that spot, you know. I knew everything about what the devil does. I knew everything about how the devil operates and how the devil oppresses people. I knew everything about generational curse. I knew everything about witchcraft. But I didn't know anything about the power of God. So you find out, you know, whatever you 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 put your focus on magnifies in your life. So and the, one of the ways that the devil works is that the devil works in ignorance. The devil would always dominate in darkness. So whatever area of your life that you have great darkness in would be the area that the devil would operate from. So the problem with many believers, and like you said, you know, I used to be a deliverance worker. Did you know that? I used to have a team of people that did deliverance. But I had to move away from those things because I find out that we teach so much about the devil. The only thing that people know is they know what the devil is doing, but no, they don't know anything about the, the power of God. You know, one day I was praying and I was asking God because I was trying to figure out how come in the Old Testament there, there was so much, you know, these the prophets had so much power, they didn't had they had little to no respect for, actually, they had no respect for the devil. And I thought in my spirit is because they had no revelation of who the devil was. But one of the problems that we face today in the New Testament that God has fortunately given us, made us aware of the works of the enemy. But we have, we have uh, magne- exalted the works of the enemy over the knowledge of Christ. And the Bible said in first, um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, that may peace and grace multiply to you through the knowledge of Christ. So the more you know Christ, the more you are able to dominate, the more you are able to, um, the, the more grace um, flows in your life. For they that know their God, according to Daniel chapter 11, for they that know their God, they shall be strong. Your strength is not in knowing what the devil is doing. Your strength is in the knowledge that you have of God. They that know their God, they shall be strong. So when I realize these things, that for me to have dominion over the devil, for me to dominate over 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 evil spirit, for me to dominate over over demons and whatnot, I had I had to invest in knowing more about what God, who God says I am, because who God says I am is my reality, not what my family told me, not the color of my skin, not where I live, not what people have told me. God said that I am a royal priesthood. I'm a peculiar person. My that my kindness world has never seen before. I believe it. I believe that I am on unusual. I believe that I am a gift to this world. I believe that I I carry something that the world has never seen before. I believe everything that it was. If the the Bible said I have an anointing from the Holy One, I believe that I, there is an anointing on my life. He says that for this 
anointing shall break the yoke. I believe that I have what it takes to break the yoke off from the lives of the people. So the more you spend time with God, the more you give yourself to the word of God, the more you give yourself into the studying and the meditating and believing God's word, you find out that the devil becomes small. The reason why the devil is so big in your life is because your, your mind and everything is focused on the devil. I'm not saying that there is not an existence of, I've dealt with it, you know, in my life and in, so, in, in helping so many people. We've, I've done deliverance so many in different parts of the world. In our crusades, demons come manifest and comes out of people. But I don't go to the crusade looking for a demon to cast. I go to the crusade preaching Christ and the power of Jesus Christ. And when you, let me tell you this, every time you talk about Jesus, every time you put emphasis and you come into the knowledge, you begin to know who God is. There is no way any devil can stay. And that is what I want believers to understand, that you will have to believe in the word of God. You know, I see people writing that they need deliverance for that, they need deliverance for that. Let me tell you this. Yes, you might need deliverance, but the moment you make up your mind, you can self-deliver yourself. You don't need any minister to uh, minister deliverance to you. You can self-deliver yourself. All you have to do is to make up your mind that from today, I'm going to connect with the word of God. I'm going to connect with Jesus. I'm going to stay in prayer. I'm going to do what the word of God says I should do. I'm going to live the way the word of God says I should live. And when you begin to do that, you would find out that every grip of the enemy, every claw, every hold that the enemy has on your life would begin to lose. And the devil would back off. Because listen, the devil, there are certain things that the devil cannot, the devil dominates in, in, in deception. Satan can only tell you, you know, put thoughts in your mind. And when you believe those thoughts, it becomes a stronghold in your life. You know, casting all imaginations and every um, um, th every thoughts and imaginations and every stronghold that has exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. So there is thoughts and imagination that the devil has put on the inside of you that now has become a stronghold and has exalted itself against the knowledge of God in you. So the more you... You think you need deliverance. Yes, there are people. Yes, you might need deliverance. But when you give in, you give yourself to the study of the word. And I talk this, I talk people all the time. It is very, very easy to live for God. It's very, very easy to be anointed. It's actually harder not to be anointed than mm -hmm. to be anointed. So it is, you know, the Bible, the Bible tells us that what God has made us, like Ephesians chapter 1. What the surpassing great, the, the, um, let me read Ephesians chapter one. Let me show you something here. And you would understand when you, because you have to understand who you are. If you don't understand who you are, it doesn't matter how many times the devil or demons are cast out of you, it wouldn't make any difference. You would always go back into the same mess, the same problem. And that is what many, and that is why I, 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 I because I, I realized that I needed to find a better way to help Christians. Because I used to do deliverance. Man, people, when I was living in Worcester, people would come to come to the church and we would minister to them one of the day. And we saw God set a lot of people free. But then I had to move on because it was always the same people that needed deliverance week after week, service after service. They needed deliverance. They were never free. Was it because the power of God wasn't strong enough to set them free? No, because they didn't have any foundations. There was nothing on the inside of them. You know, the Bible says that when you cast out a devil, the, the, the demon will go and it will come back, you know, seven times stronger than before. So the person will be in a worse state than, than they used to be. But if you allow the word of God to build you up and the word of God to deliver you, the word of God to set you free, you'll find out that the devil will lose his own and the devil will stay far away from you because the word of God is on the inside of you. The word of God itself, the Bible 
Bible said that it is a sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. So every time the devil, you know, reels his head, the word of God that is in you comes up, the sword of the Lord comes up, and the devil backs off. But when you read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul said, that for I always pray to you, pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelations, of insight into the mysteries in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your understanding flooded with light. So one, Paul was telling them that there is some mysteries that you need to come into. There is some revelations that you need to come into. There is some, there is certain things you need to come into. But first, the eyes of your understanding need to be further, which means you need to receive an illumination from the Holy Ghost. You need to receive uh, an, inc an incitement. You need to, the, the light of God needs to shine, and the word of the Lord is the light. So he says that, that the eyes of your understanding needs to be what? To, op to be open, to be flooded with light, so that you can know, you can know and understand the hope of which he has called you. There is a hope to which God has called you, but you need to be able to understand it. But for you to understand that hope, the eyes of your understanding needs to be flooded. Let me tell you this. If you are watching me and you say that I need deliverance, instead of asking God that, oh God, deliver me, or asking for prayer for deliverance, say that, God, show me who I am in you. Show me what you have made me. Because let me tell you this. I was in Bible school and TJ, I went to school with TJ. I was, I would go to the prayer and he would attest. I used to go to the prayer chapel every day because there were certain things that I was dealing with in my life that I felt like I needed deliverance. And I would go and lay down on the carpet and I would cry out to the Lord day after day until one day the Lord spoke to me. I said, because I, I was crying, I was like, Lord, why me? Why me? Why do I have to go through this? And some of you are watching me, you've had that why me moment. Or maybe you're having that why me moment because of what you are going through, what you are dealing with. You are like, why me, God? Why do I have to suffer this way? Why do I have to go through what I'm going through? Why do I have to carry this burden? Why do I have to be in this bondage? Why me, why me, why me? I was crying that to the Lord and the Lord spoke to me and said, if not you, who? You know, I gathered my Bible and I went to my, 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 dorm, my dorm room and I sat down on my desk and I put my leg on the table. I said, Lord, teach me. Because at that moment, I realized that there was something that I needed to know. Because it wasn't, I didn't need um, deliverance. I needed knowledge. The eyes of my understanding needs to come open. So when I opened up the Bible, the Lord began to show me that, you know what, that the devil is under my feet, that I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Something jumped on the inside of me. And at that moment, my life was never the same again. Because I realized that the devil that I'm actually afraid of, the things that I think I need to be free from, I have been raised high above those things. You know, when you get on an airplane and the airplane takes off, Everything that seems big on this world becomes small. So the moment you begin to rise up, everything becomes small. The moment you begin to be elevated in the word of God, every devil that is tormenting you becomes small. The moment you begin to be elevated in the Holy Spirit, every demon becomes small. So at that moment, I, the Lord lifted me up in his word and everything else became small. So I came to the realization that why am I supposed to be worried about this issue? It doesn't matter what the devil brings my way. It doesn't matter what the devil is doing. I have been put in a place of authority over these things. I've been put in a place of dominion over these things and I have dominion over these things and I can put I can determine what happens to whatever issue that goes on in my life so you find out these things and then you take it into prayer then you begin to pray you begin to meditate upon the word of God you meditate upon the word of God until the word of God becomes part of you until it becomes
You're not a second nature, but it becomes your first nature. So when you do these things, you realize that the devil is a non-entity. So, the, you know, let me read further. It says about having the eyes of your understanding flooded with light so that you may know, so that you can know and understand the hope of which he has called you, how rich his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones, that is you. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe? So there is a, a there is God's there is an immeasurable, unsurpassing greatness of God's power alive in you. But the problem is that the eyes of your understanding is has, has been has been blinded. You you don't you see. You don't have the eyes to see who God has made you. And that is the first step to deliverance. That is the first step to having dominion. That is the first step of reigning. That is the first step of taking control over everything. Because when you know who you are, for instance, I don't know who your name is, you know, whoever is watching me. I don't know where you are from, but you know where you are from. You know what your name is. If I walked up to you right now and I called you Jerry and your name is not Jerry, but your name is Derek, you would not pay attention to me. If I keep saying, hey, your name is Jerry, so no, I'm not Jerry, I'm Derek. No, I say your name is Jerry. You would not, you would walk past me because you know who you are. I don't know who you are. I can't tell you who to be, but you know who you are. So the moment you give yourself to the studying of the word of God, and you know, this sounds very easy because people don't like simple things. People don't like easy things. But the moment you take responsibility of your life and you give yourself to the study and say, God, I want to know who I am. I want to know who you have made me. I want to know who I, my place in Christ Jesus. When you do that, not only are you going to be free, not only are you going to dominate, but you're going to bring other people into a place of dominion. You're going to lift other people that are down. You're going to be a help to your generation. You're going to bring answers to the lost world. Amen. Yeah, and... Uh, I'm reminded of when Elijah in 1 Kings 17 came and literally by the power of the, of the word of God took dominion over the entire climate of a land to bring in a famine. People think Elijah just walked in and he said, well, I don't want it to rain for three and a half years, so I'm just going to declare a, famine, uh, a drought over the land. But that's not how it worked. If you study the scriptures... God already said in Deuteronomy 28, if my people give themselves over to idolatry and don't hearken unto my voice or do what I've, I've commanded them to do and take heed to my statutes, then the heavens above them will be like bronze above their land and the rain will not give, uh, the, the heavens will not give its rain in its due season. So Elijah studied that. So when he proclaimed the drought over the land, because of his understanding of the word of God, because of his knowledge of what God had already said, when he declared and decree a drought in the land, it came to pass. That wasn't because he was some special prophet. That was because he knew he knew the covenant. He understood the conditions of the covenant. He knew Israel had violated the conditions. And as such, he was able by his mouth to take dominion over the environmental, the climate of a land. And then when he called for rain again, that wasn't because he was some special prophet. It came to pass after three and a half years on Mount Carmel, when Elijah contested against the prophets of Baal and the fire of God fell, when Elijah called on God and the people of Israel turned from their idol worship to God, when they repented of their idolatry, when, they, when Elijah turned the hearts of the children of Israel back to the Lord their God and they repented, now they were, they were, um, they were allowed to have rain again. 
By, by scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will, what? Heal their land. So Elijah gets up and he starts praying, takes dominion over the land again and allows, allow, uh, calls rain down from heaven. And you know the story, there was the sound of an abundance of rain that came. That didn't come because he was some special dude. He, that came because of his understanding. You'll find out your anointing and your ability to take authority over the devils that are trying to harass and torment you today will be greatly enhanced. Everyone has an authority over the devil. Everyone has the same authority over the devil. But some people don't understand uh, or don't understand the operation of that authority because they've not studied to show themselves approved a workman to work that authority in their life. And as such, they stay victimized when God has already called you to be more than a conqueror. God already said, if I'm with you, nothing can come against you and prevail against you. But why is it that you have some Christians that are raising the dead and then other Christians that are batting, battling headaches? Why the difference? Why is there such a vast, a chasm between the two? Why is it that some seem like they can walk on water? I remember listening to you actually, Kofi, uh, a couple of years ago. You talked about in the Old Testament, Elijah, when he wanted to cross the Jordan, he had to take the mantle and part the, part the Jordan River. When Moses and the Israelites wanted to cross through the Red Sea, they had to, Moses had to take the rod in his hand and part the Red Sea. It was a, a working of miracles. When Jesus was encountered with a body of water, he didn't walk through it. He walked over it. Jesus didn't show that just because he wanted to, you know, demonstrate his authority or his ability to... Um, to dominate even nature. He wanted to show people. The Old Testament way of things was like going through things. You know, when the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, that's when he had the ability to have dominion over, over, over uh, the work of the devil. We don't just have the hand of the Lord that comes on us sometimes. We have the Holy Spirit that lives and indwells us so that we cannot just walk through waters. We are to walk over the water. The things that used to hold us down. Bible says in Romans 6, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Sin and the consequence of sin, the penalty of sin, the, the dominion that sin had over us, the, 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 the fallen nature of sin. Not only do, do we have, not only does sin not have dominion over us, the consequence of sin, the penalty of sin, the curses of sin that came on as a result of sin no longer have dominion over us. But like, Evangelist Kofi said, Proverbs 6 says this, so do this, if you have come into the hand of a friend, do this, my son, and deliver yourself. Do this, there's something you can do practically that will assert your dominion, that will blast devils out of your home, out of your, your, your company, out of your body. There's a lot of people, I'm sure there's some of you watching right now, we have over 135 people on, on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Some of you have sickness in your body, disease, and you have been placating it, just pampering it, just accepting it as another part of life. I'm here to tell you, that's a devil that has come to seek, uh, come to steal, come to kill, come to destroy your life and your body. But Jesus said, I've come to, to give you life and life to its fullness. That It's not just enough to be frustrated with the sickness. It's not enough just to hate the thing in you. You have 
Like I said before, inactivity in dealing with the problems at hand guarantee that they will continue to dominate your life 10 years from now and 20 years from now. It's not about what God wills. God has already voted for you. And he said, I've given you keys. Remember, Jesus is the head of the church. We are his body. The head has a desire for his body. But the head can't do things apart from the body. The body has to take on the responsibility uh, and what God has given us, he's given us keys to bind at will and to loose at will. You can bind that sickness in your body. You don't have to wait. You know, I feel pain here. Let's just hold off and see if it progresses into something else. You don't have to wait for it to progress. You can take, nip it in the bud today so that today is the end of that ordeal. The longer you push on the breakthrough, the longer it's going to take to have breakthrough. Breakthrough is not um, a matter of seasons and times in life. Breakthrough is a matter of your understanding of the word of God and your application in it. Yeah, you're right. I know, I know it's my prayer that if there is anybody watching today, before this broadcast comes to an end, we would exercise that um, dominion, that authority over that issue that you might have been, you might be dealing with. Because God, you know, God wants his children to be free, you know. God wants his children to um, to be able to walk. Because, you know, matter of fact, when God looks at you, God does not look at you, that God doesn't see your problem. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ has presented us, in Colossians chapter 1, presented us in his body before God. So God looks at you through the lens of the finished work of Christ, that Jesus took dominion over all things for your sake, that through Christ you might reign in the in this life and also in the life to come. So every time you live, you know, beneath, below the what God has made has allowed for you to live, you are actually denying what Jesus did for you. And you know, I I as a maybe it's because I'm a minister or maybe I don't know, but I it breaks my heart every time I see a child of God struggling or going through. You know, the things that I know that it's very, very easy for them to come out from. Because Satan, Satan is very wicked. The devil is very is a wicked devil. And Jesus wants you to be able to just come to him and just ride on the wings, ride on ride under his wings, so that you he will just glide you through life. You know, when TJ talked about Elijah spotting the water, Moses spotting the water, Jesus. Walking over the water. That is, the, that is the place that God has brought believers. That the things that people have to break through, you can just walk over it. You know, you are supposed to walk over resistance. You are supposed to, you are not supposed, to, you, you are not allowed to be stopped by anything that goes on this world. You, and you realize that the moment you make up your mind to take dominion, everything that wants to resist you would give way. Because every time, you know, in our crusades, every time we try to go, to places there is always one thing after the, the our recent crusade they just broke into the the church and stole the instruments that we use for our crusade everything happens but you just believe the word of god and you don't deviate from the word of god you stand upon the word of god this is what the word of god says concerning my life jesus said that i am i am to dominate over this sickness that this sickness is not going to take me to the grave that by his stripes i am healed by you know, Jesus said that whom the Son set free is absolutely free indeed. It doesn't matter how many voices I hear. It doesn't matter. I believe that I am free for the for the for for the word of the Lord say so. When you just receive those things, you stand upon it. You don't allow anybody to talk you out of it. And you just walk with the Lord. You walk on the 
power of his word, the efficacy of his word. You walk on the potency of the blood of Jesus and you just commit yourself to prayer. And that is one of the things. You can't walk in dominion without having a fellowship with Christ. Because listen, the dominion that we walk in belongs to Jesus Christ. No man has dominion apart from Jesus. So the only way you can walk in dominion is when you are in Christ. And that you cannot be in Christ without being in his word and without being in prayer. You need to be able to develop a prayer life. You need to be able to cultivate a habit of prayer. And the more you pray, the more you find out that you are becoming one with Christ. And the more you become one with Christ, the more the things that cannot touch Christ moves away from you. It is, you know, as a child of God, you have to make up your mind that I refuse to live below what Christ has made me, has, has, you know, what Christ has already delivered into my hands. Don't allow any devil to victimize you. You are supposed to be the one that victimizes the devil. I say this all the time, that if anyone is going to be victimized, it's not going to be me. I make it a point. I make it my goal to let the devil pay for the many times he's touched your life. I make it my point to let the devil struggle, to let the devil be inflicted. If there is any infirmity, it's going to come upon the devil, not you. If there is any affliction, it's going to come upon the devil, not you. If there is any torment, I'm going to make it a point that I'm going to torment the devil. And you do that through the altar of prayer, through a period of prayer. When you give yourself to prayer, when you cultivate and develop the habit of prayer, because listen, it's easy. It's easy for us to talk the way we talk. You know, like you hear TJ talk, you hear me talk, or have dominion and have dominion. It's very, very easy to talk like that. But I'm telling you this, when you don't develop a lifestyle of prayer, I'm talking about not just standing there and prayer, I'm talking about a lifestyle of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. If you don't develop a lifestyle of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you know, when you, because the word of God is empowered by your prayer. Because, you know, the word of God is just there. The word of God is the spirit that gives life to the word. It is the spirit of God that gives life. And if the spirit doesn't know who you are, then the words that you say just become mere words. You understand what I'm saying? But if you allow the word of God to, to uh, marinate in your heart through prayer and through meditation, I'm telling you, when you allow the word of God to marinate in your heart through prayer and through meditation, there is nothing that the devil can do to you that you will not be able to stand up against it. There is no Red Sea that will be able to stop you from occupying your promised line. There is no river Jordan that will be able to block your way from going forward. There is nothing. Your life will become unstoppable. You become like David, that by my God, I can run through a trip. Look, David understood dominion so much. That's why David never lost a battle in his life. David understood that God has put him in the place. That's why when David came face to face with Goliath, he looked at the size of Goliath. Goliath looked so big. Everybody was describing and that, you know, that story is a very, very clear um, example of the church today and what we are talking about. Because, you know, when you start, when you start reading 1 Samuel chapter 17, everybody described Goliath and how big he was, how tall his sword was, how big his shield was, how mighty the man, how many battles he has won. Today, we describe everything about the devil. We talk about Satan. We talk about Satan like he is our first cousin. We talk about demons and generational curses. And we talk about, you know, witchcraft like, like we, we sit in the devil's playhouse. We know so much about witchcraft, but we don't preach about the power of God. We don't talk, we don't teach the people that, listen, God has given you power. You can overcome that. There is enough power in you for greater is he who lives on the inside of you than they that are of the world. It doesn't 
doesn't matter the forces that come up against you. Like David said, yeah, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because it doesn't matter where you place me. If God be for me, what then can stand up against me? Listen, for all things shall work together for my good. I, it is impossible for me to fail in life. It is impossible for me to lose in life because if God is on my side, if God is for me, let everything be against me. I shall rise up on top. If God said he is with me, it doesn't matter how dark the tunnel is. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because listen, God plus me is a majority. God minus me is a minority. So you have to understand it. So David and Goliath is a very clear depiction. We can explain the works of the day. You know, you have people teach demonology, which I've studied all those things. I know much of I am from Africa, bro. I know more about demons than you do. I know more about witchcraft than you do. I have family members that are witchcraft. I know more about devils than you do. But I also understand the power of the Holy Ghost. I understand the power of God. I understand that when a believer who knows who they are and understands the power that is on the inside of them, when they come into that and they couple that with prayer, there is no demon in hell. There is Satan himself will not be able to stand up against them. So when I speak about this, I'm not speaking about this out of as, as a theory that I've, I've read. Listen, we've had strange, strange demonic encounters in our meetings. We've had strange things happen when, when we do our crusades. So David and Goliath, they explain everything about the size of Goliath, the, the sword, his shield. So that was why, that was what made the people afraid. So the, the military, the trained army men were afraid of going, confronting him. But when David came, David didn't look at how big he was. David didn't look at the, the size of his sword. David didn't look at how he looked. David understood because David spent, had a fellowship with God. David said three times, oh Lord, would I pray to thee. Mm-hmm. Morning, afternoon, and evening do I pray. So you understood that David had fellowship with God. David knew, the Bible said David was a man after God's heart. That is what we are trying for you. We are trying to teach you today. That when you know God, David knew God. David had an intimate relationship with God more than the other men. So the other men, it was very easy for them to look at Goliath and panic and be afraid. That is why you look at the devil and you are afraid because you know so much about the devil. You have no intimacy with the Lord. But David had an intimate relationship with the Lord. When David looked at Goliath, he says, who are you? How dare you, an uncircumcised Philistine, come to defile the armies of the Almighty God? So David was even speaking on behalf of the people. How dare you touch the children of God? How dare you um, oppress my sister? How dare you victimize my brother? How dare you touch him? And David said, today I'm going to cut off your head. And he did not even have a sword. Hallelujah. That is, the, that is the place, that is the kind of dominion that God wants you to have. The kind of authority that you step in and you determine the, the outcome of the situation. Because the Bible says that the God that we serve, he is the God that knows the end from the beginning. That before the battle began in your life, God already knows the outcome. So all you have to do is just align yourself with the Lord. And you look in the, the eyes of the devil, you look at him eyeball to eyeball. He said, how dare you come into my house? How dare you attack my body? How dare you attack my children? How dare you try to torment me? Today I'm going to cut off your head, you uncircumcised Philistines, in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you take such a bold step, you take a bold grounding, you declare the word of the Lord, you see the devil will back off for free. The devil will back off. You don't have to do anything. Hallelujah. 
All you have to do is just know, believe who you are, have, you know, and it's very, I can't stress this enough. You need to develop an intimate time with the Lord. You are crying, going to everybody, typing to everybody. Can you pray for deliverance for me? Why don't you take it to the Lord? Why don't you dedicate and say, like, every morning I'm going to spend at least 10 minutes and I'm going to speak to the Lord. I'm going to spend time with the Lord and I'm going to tell God what is on my heart. I'm going to tell God how I feel. I'm going to tell God the things I want to see in my life. I'm going to tell God the things I, I, I want to happen. And when you do, you realize that the same part, the Bible says that when Moses spent time with the Lord, he came out. When he came out, his face was shining because it would be impossible for you to spend quality time with God and come out and not have what is on God jump on you. Amen. That's right. And you know, the devil is going to fight you harder on this doctrine in your own mind right now than any other, any other doctrine you'll ever receive. Because once you understand what evangelist Kofi just said and what we've been preaching to you for the last 40, 50 minutes, it's, it's not a battle. It's not a, a sweaty, you know, not, belaboring I'm battle. I'm not even trying to cut you, but, you know, what, like with what I'm saying, with all those people that would teach you otherwise, all the deliverance ministers always talking about demons and whatnot, they haven't even dealt with the devil more than I have. They haven't cast out devils more than I have. They, they wouldn't be able to survive with their doctrine and their theories, the things that they know about the devil and the way they talk. They wouldn't be able to survive if I put them where we go and do crusades and the kind of manifestation we see. They won't be able to survive. You know, so it's not about, I'm telling you, things that will, if you grab hold of it, it will transform and it will change your life. That you don't have to be dealing with these things. You don't have to be struggling. You don't have to be going through. You don't have to become a victim. You don't have to be jumping from one broadcast to another. Can you deliver me from this? Can you pray for me? I understand you are going through what you are going through, but the power of God That's is right. real and the power of God is available to set you free and so that you can also go and set others free. That's right. And I pray, I really pray that what we're preaching today gets into your heart. Your mind is the wayside. It's vulnerable to doubt. It's vulnerable to, to, to you know, thoughts. But when this gets into your spirit, when the eyes of your spirit start to understand this, that is what is when the day of trial arises, when the day of adversity comes, which the Bible says in this world, you're going to be challenged. Even if you're watching right now and you don't even know, man, I've never had to deal with any of that. There's going to be a day of challenge. But what's in your mind will be blown away. But if you get this in your spirit, there's going to arise a holy boldness and violence against the onslaught of the devil. That's what Elijah had in 2 Kings chapter 1. The king sent the king of israel sent people to arrest ahab and when they came to where he was on mount carmel uh, they sent to arrest elijah when elijah was on mount carmel and the delegate of troops that ahab had sent to arrest him arrived to the mountain elijah stood up and said what do you want we've come to arrest you come down here he didn't reply oh you know what Bible says in this world you're going to have problems and uh, you know only ultimately in the next life is when we'll have true deliverance and freedom. He actually took it as an offense. He was insulted by it. And he replied, if I be a man of God, until you get to the, the boiling point where you say I refuse to put up with being slapped around like I'm some, pe I'm some fish out of sea, just taken by the tail and whacked out up unconscious. Until you get to a point, like David said, 
This uncircumcised Philistine, when he addressed Goliath as an uncircumcised Philistine, why did they get circumcised? It was to get into covenant with God. Why, by him saying you're uncircumcised, it meant you aren't part of the covenant. You aren't part of what's available to me, to me in this book. You aren't part of what God promised me. Goliath is a regular part of everyone's life in the sense that there's always going to be a challenge. Anytime God says it's time to move higher, there's always going to be a giant that arises and tries to intimidate and suppress you. But David said, David had already read Joshua 1 that says no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Wherever you go, the soul on which uh, the place on which your foot treads on will be land that I've given to you. So he knew that yeah, there's a Goliath yapping its mouth, but it's he's an uncircumcised Philistine. He's not part of the covenant. Matter of fact, I've been anointed with fresh oil to deal with the Goliaths that arise in my life. I'm not going under. I'm always coming over. And it's important to do what Job 22 prescribes to us to do. And, and Kofi hit it right on the head by saying this doesn't, you know, it's easy to talk power. It's easy to talk dominion. It's easy to talk authority. It's easy to quote these scriptures, but it has to be hidden in your heart. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. Job 22 says, acquaint yourself with God's word and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto you. Acquaint yourself with the word of God. Study thy word. The Bible says that you are to sow the word implanted into your soul, which brings about salvation everywhere you go. It's the incorruptible seed that when it gets in your spirit, it births naturally. It has a, the seed produces a tree and the tree produces the fruit. An apple tree doesn't have to strive to produce apple fruit. It, it is an apple tree. The DNA produces it effortlessly. In the same vein, when you get the supernatural, the incorruptible seed of the word in you, naturally, the next time you see the devil rear his ugly face in your life, you're not going to sit down and just hope he doesn't notice you and just wait, wait the storms. Up. Quit waiting. You've waited. You've dwelt around this mountain long enough. Today's the day to be delivered. Today's the day of salvation. Jesus didn't come to Bethesda and see a man that was born paralyzed there sitting who had been there for a long time in that condition and wrap his arm around him and say hey just know that your deliverance is coming just hold on a little while longer just wait there's actually a minister coming in and he actually has the exact prescription of the anointing oil that they described in Leviticus and if you'll just wait for him he'll he didn't say that he said hey don't you do you want to be made well are you interested if you are then enough's enough get up pick up your palate and walk once that attitude comes in you that's what the spirit of faith does to you that's what spending time in the presence of god will do to you you start to come in contact you start to glean off that spirit of faith that eventually gets in you and it produces an attitude in you an attitude that i'm not destined to put up with this crap another day in my life i'm not the bible doesn't say if you'll diligently hearken unto my word that you'll still get sick but how many of you know if you'll just keep on keeping on you'll be glorifying god in your sickness no the only way god gets the glory in your sickness is when you come out the only way god's going to get the glory in your life is when his power is evidently seen and manifested in it and he said when you'll obey my commandments if you'll walk in covenant with me, 
All these blessings shall come upon you. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be in your coming in. Blessed shall you be in your coming out. I'm not going out of this house and wondering, man, I hope I don't get in a car accident. I'm not destined for premature death. I'm not destined for tragic uh, car accident. I know that he already said, with long life you'll be satisfied with. So when I get out in my car, demons clear off my path because of an understanding. That's why there were seven sons of Sceva that tried to cast out a devil and what happened? Because they didn't have an understanding. They didn't have a deep-rooted conviction of the reality of what we're saying. They just heard about it. They were able to quote the scriptures, but it wasn't in them. What happened? The devil looked at them very differently than when, they, when he looked at Paul, or when he looked at Silas, or when he looked at Peter. The moment Paul came on the scene, that thing cleared the way. Those seven sons of Sceva left the house bruised, beaten, battered, and, and smothered, naked. So the difference is not with God. It's not that God picked and chose one to be more anointed than the other. It's that one has taken upon himself the responsibility to search ye out in this book of the law, its truth, meditate on it day and night. For then, David said, you will be like a tree firmly planted. That even when the winds, the winds blow, even when the rain falls, even when things try to come against you, that house shall be standing. That tree's not going to be uprooted. The only thing that God's, <laughs> the only thing God has anointed you to do, to uproot, is, is, dem, is the, the work of the devil in others. You're not going around, you know, like Smith Wigglesworth, he gave that testimony once where he, was, he, was, he woke up one day, one night, like 3 a.m. and looked at the foot of his bed and then the devil was standing there. And what did he do? He, didn't, he said, the devil doesn't get to determine when I pray. He doesn't get to determine when I fast. So what did he do? Oh, it's just you. And he went back to bed. How do you think that came to Wigglesworth? Was it because he just had a tendency of being more bold than others? No, it's because he had, I mean, if you study the story of Lester Sumrall, when he went to visit Smith Wigglesworth, the guy just read the Bible all day. He just read, he prayed, he studied, and then he worked. He got into the fields and worked. So he understood. And if you read Isaiah 14, the devil's not some strong enemy. He's not some big adversary. He's not flexing his muscles in front of you. Uh, and, and there's a reason to be afraid. When you understand the way the devil truly looks in the spirit, what he actually, his real image is like, you will gain a holy violence against what he's doing because it's like if I, if, if, um, if I saw a shadow in my house and a light was beaming off a little tiny th three foot human, but the shadow made him to be some massive giant. Too many Christians are looking at the shadow of the devil, which he can, you know, he can determine. Make him look bigger when he wants to, make him look smaller when he wants to. But when you actually look at the subject at hand, he, the Bible says in Isaiah 14, at the end of days, we're going to look at him and say, is this the one? Is that the one that made my family poor? Is that the one that caused sickness in my body? Is that the one that caused my son to be a drug addict? Is that the one that ruined my marriage? Is that the one that made nations to lay waste? Is that the one? Is that what he looks like? I wish I had seen what he looked like prior to this. I would have dealt with him differently. But I know you've tuned into this broadcast today because God doesn't want to wait for you to get into eternity before you start looking at him differently. I want your eyes to be open today to see how great God is, how great you are now in Christ because you're seated with him in heavenly places and how small and emaciated and defeated and crushed and oppressed the devil really is.
and you know, like you said, that is what it all comes down to. Like seeing the devil for who he really is, not who who they've made him to be That's to you. Right. And you can truly see the devil for who he truly is through the, the lens of the creator. Because, you know, you have an understanding of how something works through the manufacturer's manual, right? So if you don't go to God for God to give you a revelation of who Satan is, you would always live. I'm, I'm not, listen, Paul said that for we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. So you have to understand that there is a way that the devil would operate. There is a device of the enemy. So, but if you don't see the devil for who he truly is now, you, you you would get to a point where you begin to see who he is, and then you would, just like the Bible said in Isaiah chapter 14, the, the king, when the kings of this earth sees him for who he truly is, they would be like, is that he who makes the nations to tremble? So you would you would be disappointed and you would be hurt that you allow this thing or this little thing to trouble you. You allow this little thing to uh, mess your life up. But you can truly see who he is if you are elevated with God when you allow the word of God to be in, in your heart and in your spirit. And then when you pray, because listen, when you are connected with God, when you are one with God, you begin to see things like how God sees. Other than that, you know, because if you are not with God, if you are not under the, the shadows of the Almighty, if you are not under the covering of God, then everything else, you, you, you belong to this world. You know, like when there is something happening outside and your parents tell you, hey, come into the house because when you come into the house, we can protect you. But when you live and you go outside, we can't protect you. When you go outside, you're on your own. You just have to understand that everything that God tells you to do, in, for instance, in prayer, in reading the word, and in meditating upon the word, is for your benefit. It's supposed to help you to be able to develop a strength on the inside of you. Because what the word of God does, the Bible says that the word of God is like water to our soul. The word of God is like bread. The word of God is like wine. And it is also meat. That's right. What water, meat, bread, wine, and honey and milk, what it does is that it nourishes your body. The more you eat food, the more you grow. You know, when your child doesn't eat, their growth will be stunted. So the more you eat, the more you grow. That's and right. the more you eat, the more strength. We get energy and strength from food. Good food. You get energy and strength from food. So when you eat, the word of God is like that. The word of God gives energy and it gives strength to your body. And the Bible said that when you fail in the days of adversity, it means that your strength is weak. So when the devil creeps up or things like that comes and you are not able to stand up against, you are not able to stand up, then it means that your strength is weak. And so the way to develop your strength is not to go around asking people, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? The way to develop your strength is to turn into prayer and turn into the reading and the meditation of the word of God. You need to feed your soul. You need to feed your spirit. I'm going to pray for you in a few moments. And as I pray for you, there's many of you watching me. If you are sick in your body, God is going to touch you. If you are oppressed, God is going to set you free. But that is just one step. That is just one step. It's not an end to yourself because at the end of the day, I'm not living in your house with you. At the end of the day, I'm not with you every day. That's TJ right. doesn't live with you. He probably doesn't even know where you live. So you need to be able to fortify yourself in the word of God. You need to be able to build up a resistance and strengthen yourself so that it doesn't matter what trouble comes tomorrow. You know that you are in a safe hands because you know how to handle and you know how to deal with things. Listen, I'm not afraid. The devil can appear to me right as I speak and I will not be moved because you know what? There is something on the inside of me. 
I have come to the understanding is that greater is he who lives on the inside of me than anything else that is on this world. So I'm going to pray for you in a few moments. I want you, I'm saying these things for you to build up your faith, for you to receive. Because listen, God always... God is always with us everywhere we have ever stood. The presence and the power of God has been present to heal. So I know that God is going to do something for you. It doesn't matter what the devil has done for you. You are only one prayer away from having your life turn around, having things switch in your favor. And I see everything is going to turn around in your favor. Whatever the devil thought he was doing, using to destroy you, God is going to turn it around and use to make something great come out of your life. You are not going to lose this battle, but that anyone that is born of God of overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. You are coming out. You are becoming victorious in the name of Jesus Christ. God is going to, the God that turns things around will turn you from a victim to a victimizer. Where you have been defeated in life, God will give you a great victory in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, I want you to type amen and lift up your hands and just begin to give God praise. Because he's about to do something in your life tonight, today. You are going to testify of God's goodness. You are going to experience the power of God. Even as I'm speaking, I see people that the power of God is even coming upon you in your home. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I see somebody, the power of God is coming upon you. It's like there is there is something stirring up on your, on, the, on your inside and you are beginning to tremble. You are beginning to shake. The power of God is going to locate so many people. The anointing of the Holy Ghost that breaks the yoke is going to break every yoke of bondage. Whatever the devil has used to, to cage you, to imprison your life, I see the hand of God breaking those prison doors and you are coming out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible said it's like when the fowler it's like when the the, 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 the the chains of the father is broken and our souls have escaped. You shall, your soul shall escape of every demonic bondage. Your soul shall escape of every demonic oppression. You are coming out. You are breaking forth. You are breaking out. You are being loosed by the power of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. Wherever if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost with me right now. I see, I hear the Lord say to me that there is, this, there is a lady watching me. You have not laughed in a long time. The power of God will come upon you and God will cause a great joy to come out of you. All of a sudden, you will begin to laugh uncontrollably and you will know that that is the power and that is the Holy Ghost coming upon you in the name of Jesus. Just begin to pray with me. There is somebody watching me. The Lord is going to heal you of a problem. I don't know what it is, but in your lower abdomen, um, underneath your belly bind, the Lord is going to touch you in the mighty name of Jesus. And that pain and that discomfort is going to disappear right now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost with me. In the name, I want you to lift up your hands if you could, wherever you are watching me from right now. Lift up your hands to heaven. I'm going to pray for you. And some of you, you're going, to, you're going to start vomiting. I'm telling you, you're going to start vomiting out things. I'm this is what God does. God loves to set his children free. 
in the name of Jesus. Before I pray for you, TJ, I want you to lead our people. And we're going to continue even after this. But I just felt the, the Holy Ghost come upon me. I want you to, if you've, not, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, this is the right time for you to do so. I want you to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your personal Savior. Maybe you've once, you once did. You once did, but you are not living for him because of the curse of this world, because of all the messed up things that are going on in this world. You've allowed yourself. It's like you have the path of the world in you. You are one foot in and one foot out. You are not even sure if Jesus comes today, you're going to go to heaven with him. I know there's many people watching like that. If you are one of them, as a sign of saying that I'm coming out of this world and coming to Christ, I want you to put an emoji hand up and just as a sign, as your sign, saying that, you know what, I turned my back on this world because every time God called people, he says that come out from among them and be ye separate unto me. As a sign of saying that I'm coming out from among them and I'm being separated unto God. Listen, you don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to do it in your own mind. Jesus would help you to live for him. I want you to put an emoji hand up quickly in the comment section and I'm going to pray for you and the Lord is going to set you free. You're going to be as free as I am and then after that we're going to pray. We're going to pray. There are so many people that I can even see that the Lord is touching people right now as we speak. I don't know. It just switched. The Lord is touching people right now. God bless you, Deanna. God bless you, Vang. Whoever is watching, Aaron, God bless you. Just let's make this. Make sure that you are in the right standing with God. Make sure that you've given your life to Jesus Christ so that after we pray you can receive whatever God has for you. God bless you, Frederica. Who else is watching? I know there's, there's many more on of... YouTube. Yeah, there's more on YouTube too. God bless everyone. Mallory, that is... Linda, Jimmy, Erica, Marilyn. God bless you. Um, Liz, Tina, whoever is watching, God bless you. God bless you. Copa, you need to give your life to the Lord now. <laughs> Brianna, God bless you. Sophia, God bless you. Who else? Who else? Who else? Jonelle, Who else? Alexis on YouTube. Esther, Chelsea. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to pray this prayer with me from the bottom of your... No, TJ, this is your program. I want you to lead them into a salvation prayer. And then we, we're going to pray for them. So if you're watching right now, today is the day of your salvation. You remember... Um, when Jesus in Matthew chapter 15 told the Syrophoenician woman, it's not good to take the crumbs and throw or the bread and throw it to the little dogs. He was referring to deliverance. And the lady said, yeah, even the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Um, uh, I, 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 yeah, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus was essentially saying deliverance is the children's bread. So if you, you need to be delivered today, you have to be sure that you're a child of God. And you don't have to wonder about it. The Bible says very clearly, he came to his world, this world and the world received him not. But as many as did receive Jesus Christ, how do you receive him? A, B, C. A, you have to admit you're a sinner. B, you need to believe on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And C, you need to confess Jesus Christ is Lord. That's why I'm going to pray this with you. I want you, wherever you're watching right now, you have, today is the day you need to make this a, a, a sure thing. You can't, don't go to bed tonight with a question mark regarding your eternal, your eternity. You can know, you can put your head to the pillow tonight and know that my account is settled with God. There's not one sin that separates me from a holy God because the Bible says these things have been written so that you can know that you have eternal life. So pray this with me. Say this. 
from the depths of your heart, say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me as white as snow. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Where I was weak, make me strong. I turn from my old life and I receive new life, eternal life today, March 16th, 2021. I am born again. I am a child of God. God is my father and I'm never turning back. Old things pass away. Today, everything becomes new. I am emerging victorious and all that God has promised shall begin to manifest in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you and until next time.